Friday. We are live. Welcome everyone to the Feeling Feel Inspired podcast, if I can even say it. The Feel Inspired podcast with me, Amit Soda, your wonderful host. And today I have got an incredible guest, um, someone who came to my attention. Um, I saw their bio and I was just like, wow, this, this, this individual is incredible. Like, I'm just going to share some of that in just a minute. But before I do, um, I'm just going to reiterate, my name is Amit Soja, the founder of this wonderful community, this Feel Inspired podcast, this place where I hope to um, help and inspire and energize people in the same way that I've been inspired via books, via uh, quotes via podcasts. Uh, my goal was to help recreate some of that for other people that I've been, you know, I've had in my own life, whether it's been, like I said, through reading books, reading, uh, listening to podcasts, hearing quotes, uh, listening to speakers, whoever it might be. Uh, and that has always been my goal is to help inspire, energize, really help people unleash the things inside that they've always wanted to do. So Without further ado, I'd love to introduce this incredible guest of mine. By the way, Baro, I didn't ask you, whereabouts are you right now? I am in a beautiful, sunny Arizona. Well, actually, my previous guest I had on a minute ago, she was in Phoenix, Arizona as well. So two from Arizona. Lovely. Wow. <laughs> okay, all right. Awesome. So anyway, this is the lovely Baro Agarwal, and uh, she is one of the uh, leading business growth. Uh, she's a leading business growth strategist, an engineer by education and an entrepreneur by passion. She's an international bestselling author. She's a TEDx speaker and a Forbes Coaches Council member as well. Uh, now, you hold two master's degrees. I mean, like that. That's more than I can even fathom in my lifetime uh, in engineering, again, from Arizona State University. And you worked as a research scientist at ASU as well. And um, but you didn't decided not to go down the traditional career path and you wanted to um, uh follow your passion I believe and, and this is obviously the whole topic is about how to engineer your passion this is what you spoke about at your TEDx talk uh, and so let, let's talk about this let's talk about what this this is what this means for people but before we do I just wanted to throw something by you now I should have brought it up earlier and I didn't but uh, I saw something uh, an interesting post on LinkedIn today um, by a friend she'd written this post and I wanted to get your take on it I thought it'd just be a different slant almost playing devil's advocate a little bit um, so it was regarding passion. So let me just read this to you a second, see what sure. you think. Would love to. So um, with um, uh, with a lot of uh, direct messages from the boss, project management, system updates, click on our smartphones day and night, we're always on and many employers expect that level of availability. New entrepreneurs, and obviously this current time has meant that more people are now exploring this idea of becoming an entrepreneur. Um, so new entrepreneurs who launched post-redundancy uh, are also risking burnout. They're working longer and longer hours to make a success of it, but they're operating in high uncertainty with limited safety nets. So people are very insecure and feel under pressure to be always uh, nexting. That's doing the next thing to get them visible. And there's also a link between passion and burnout. And when that passion becomes obsessive, it can be dangerous. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Now, I know it's a pretty devil's advocate approach to the topic, but I thought it's a good place to start because although I saw this and I see where the person's coming from, I don't necessarily agree with it. What's your take on that? I, I think um, it is possible for people to be so passionate about things that uh, they actually... Uh, forget about everything else because they really want to um, 
really make it big. And um, I would say a lot of things come into picture on it because it's not just passion, but it's also competitiveness, right? It's also peer pressure. Like everybody is doing so great. They started their business in March when the pandemic started and they're already taking it off. And here I am not able to make it. And that really, you know, demotivates some people and they feel that if they put in more hours and of course they are doing this because they're passionate about it but I always tell people that hard work is one thing but also smart work is another thing and if you're passionate then you have to be passionate and you have to have a balance in life right you just cannot be passionate about your work and forget your health in the process or forget your family in the process you know I've seen a lot of families uh break up just because uh, one of the people were so passionate about what they did that they forgot about their families. So I would say having a passion is a good thing, but also try to have that balance. And most importantly, uh, try to be passionate towards your health also. And uh, the same thing happened with me also, actually, I was so passionate about my staff that I would not take care of my health. I'm big into juicing, but, you know, juicing takes time, juicing takes effort. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I was like, okay, you know, let's go for the easy route and eat whatever is easily available. Uh, but slowly and steadily, it started taking a toll on my health. And eventually you realize that um, if you do not have this body, then you will not have your job tomorrow. So at the end, I think um, balance is the key. Uh, all right, we'll come back to that about how you how you find bands. And uh, uh, so we'll discuss that a little bit further. But I wanted to get your, again, your opinion on something. Um, because I think uh, I, I define it in a slightly different way. But I wanted to get your your opinion on it, because it just could be semantics. But um, how would you differentiate between, say, passion and purpose? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, so I would think that my purpose is always something that I could use to help the society, okay? That might not be my passion, actually. For example, my passion could be painting or writing books for myself, you know, to help me grow. But is it helping the other person grow? That is how I look at my purpose in life. So that is how I differentiate, but I would obviously love to know what you think about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I do agree, actually. I think that our purpose is, for me, is more to do with my highest calling. And I, I don't necessarily believe a purpose is something that's kind of uh, gifted to us via some kind of higher power. I believe it can be that or it can be something we choose to do. And I believe that our passion, we can be passionate about many things. Whereas, as you said, the purpose is kind of like your core, your, you know, like you said, to, to, to serve, right, to, to, to help people grow. Uh, and so very similar to that, I would agree with that. But, you know, my, I see my purpose as being uh, having an impact on every human soul in some form or fashion, a positive, right. empowering impact. Um, uh, but I'm I, yes, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I was, I was just going to say as well. Uh, but I'm quite passionate about doing radio. I'm passionate about, but then equally, I'm passionate about things which 
you know, don't matter too much in the grand scheme of things, but I can get very passionate about certain things. For example, traffic. And now if you've ever been to London, you will know that I know this, it's quite bad in uh, certain places in India. I know I've been there and even in America, in California, you know, the, the, the 405 during rush hour is horrendous. Oh, yes. At least, at least in America, the roads are designed decently. I know I'm completely digressing, but this is just one example. Whereas if you come to London, I mean, I would call, I define London as bottleneck city. It's like they've designed it to be traffic, to have traffic. Um, so I get very passionate about that. I'm like, how, you know, why did they design it like this? Why couldn't they do it this properly? If I was doing this job, I, like, I could get passionate about things like that. It wouldn't be my purpose, but like in those moments, I can get very passionate about certain things. Exactly. So, so yeah, so they, they are almost, I would almost describe them as fair, fair weather friends. In those moments, I be, become passionate, but my calling, my purpose stays with me always. Absolutely. I love that. I love that. Yes, I have been to London once and I would love to revisit it when everything goes back to normal. And um, what I was saying, you know, sometime one time, uh, one of my business coaches said, you know, uh, uh, asked me, what would you like uh, the message that you will like uh, written on your uh, memorial, right? What is what is that message that you would like seen on the memorial after you die and that made me really think because I of course I help people write their books I help people you know publish and rank their books into bestsellers and market their books but I don't want people to remember me like a book coach or a publisher or a publicist I want people to remember me as somebody who spread smiles on people's faces and help them find their purpose Right. So that that really uh, is always at the bottom. And as you mentioned, at the core of my heart, no matter whatever I'm doing throughout my day, like right now, I'm also passionate about juicing. I'm passionate about yoga. But again, is that my higher purpose and calling? Maybe not. That's just, you know, small bits and pieces of my life. Hmm. I love that. I love that. And I think you and you and I are pretty aligned there as well. And I think that that's it's an important distinction to have. So um, so let's go back to the title of this talk as well. Like, let's talk about how to engineer your your, your passion, um, because now, as we've said, you know, in, in this particular paradigm we're in right now, um, people have for months now been questioning what it is they would really like to do Absolutely. and some, some people are choosing to go down that road some people are being thrust down that road so where would one start when it comes to engineering their passion and i i love that terminology as well because obviously you come from an engineering background but clarify it for us what does that mean what is what does it mean for an individual listening to this right now where would they start how would they begin that's a great question and uh the reason I uh, termed this thing engineering your passion is because, you see, I grew up in India and uh, when I was growing up, everybody is essentially an engineer or a doctor. I believe you have some roots in India too and you would you know, resonate with it. And of course, I took the traditional route and uh, I became an engineer. And um, ever since I was a child, I wanted to be a journalist, okay? But somehow, somewhere, that journalism uh, craziness died down. And I just, you know, followed the 
normal path that was laid out for me, I would say. And in the process, I forgot what I really was passionate about. Because then you become robotic, Amit, you know, okay, you finish your college, you finish your uh, uh, graduate studies, and then you go into the corporate world. And then, you know, you do what you're asked to do. But in all this, you are somewhere lost, right? What you really want in life is somewhere lost. And then you make that as a part of your life, not that you're unhappy, but is that really what you always dreamt of as a child, as a five-year-old kid? And that is something that I always asked myself. And then I would uh, uh, talk to my friends, highly, highly educated, all PhDs. And I would say, hey, I'm working, but I don't think this is my passion. And then people would be like, um, Oh, really? I don't even know what my passion is. And my jaw would literally drop. And I was like, you know, how come people do not know what their passion is? And then it made me think, you know, it, that is the truth, because we get so busy with daily rut of our life that we forget who we really are and what we really loved as a child. So that made me think. And um, what I realized um, and Adam Grant, I mentioned it in my TED talk also, is sometimes, you know, passion develops, okay, passion is not something you might, most of the people don't even know what their passion is these days, but something that you're really good at, something that you do not get bored doing, so it's often the product of hard work, not its driver. So coming back to the very first topic where you said that people get burnt out, sometimes I feel, you know, when you're working and you're really, really deep into something, you might realize, oh gosh, you're really passionate about this. I found I was really passionate about nutrition because uh, um, I joined nutrition to learn more about it. I was always interested in learning more about my body, how body works, how, how we exercise and stuff like that. And in the process, I found out that I was really passionate about nutrition. Then I wrote a book and um, on green juicing. And I found out I was really passionate about juicing and helping others lead a healthy lifestyle. Then I got into book publishing and I really realized that I'm not only good at it, but I'm also really passionate about helping people share their message with the world. So you see, passion grows and develops. And that's why I went back to my story and I realized what are the things that I implemented in my life to really find my passion and not only find it, but actually make it into a lucrative career for myself. So I come up with this equation, which I'm also mentioned in TED Talk is your mind plus body multiplied by soul is equal to passion, which simply means that your mind, body and soul, when they are in sync, then you know that you're really passionate about something and you have to make them in sync by doing the right kind of exercises for your body, by doing the right kind of meditation and mindful techniques for your mind. And whatever you do, even if you're sitting here and talking to me, or even if you're washing the dishes or playing with your children, do everything by putting your hundred posts and putting your soul into it. You know, even if you're doing it for a very short period of time, then you really can find out what you're passionate about because then you are in sync 
and you're not distracted with these outside noises <laughs> and you're just listening to your inner voice. That's right, yeah. It, it's, um, it's interesting you talked about speaking to these um, people who've done their PhDs and they're, they're in that, that world and they've realized that that isn't their passion, their purpose, and they're just doing it. And I, I unlike you, I was actually not very well educated. I pretty much almost dropped out of high school and I went to, um, uh, I, I've been to speak at many sort of educational institutes and, you know, speaking to undergraduates and, you know, I asked him this question. I, I say to him, like, what, what is it you really want to do? What are you, what are you passionate? What are, what are you passionate about? What is your purpose? You know, I drill down and try and find out what it is they really want to do because they, they're usually caught between what do I, what can I do in education that's going to get me well paid? And exactly. what would I like to do? And, and it's, you know, I know it, it's, a, it's a difficult time in this day and age as well for youngsters, right? Because they, 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 they're torn between this idea of having security, having money, we need money, we've got we've to have a certain <clears throat> lifestyle, uh, a livable lifestyle, you know, feed ourselves, close ourselves, have a roof over our head when property prices are so high and all the rest of it. And so they're trying to find this delicate balance and it is very tricky. Uh, and so what do you say to people who are in that position, perhaps, who are, are able to somehow now, or in a, like I said, a bit, probably a better position to make a better choice right now, uh, but balance these things where they're look, thinking about, okay, how do I earn money, but also do the thing that I love doing? You know, I always tell people, uh, start slow and be realistic, because some people, uh, all of a sudden they leave their jobs and then they uh, think that they will dive into the business or their career or their passion full time. And that's when they actually fall into depression because uh, nothing is short. There's no short route for anything, right? You have to work smart and work hard. So most of the time I would, because I come from the background also. So I understand how difficult it is to leave that hefty paycheck and, it takes time to build a business, right? No matter how good you are. So start on the side, maybe on the weekend or after you're done with the work. If you really know that you're good at something, then you will definitely be able to uh, you know, spread the message or spread your services and products or whatever you have to the world. So test the waters, <laughs> you know, rather than taking any rash decision and disappointing yourself and your family and then steadily grow and I also am a big big believer in community just like you uh, I know you have such an amazing community of so many people who are supporting you and you know you're supporting them and I believe it's always a good idea to have that community of like-minded people uh, initially, when you're starting, you know, uh, find people who are probably like you find that accountability. And maybe you could trade some services with them. For example, if you're really good at designing graphics, and somebody is really good at um, marketing, then maybe you could design graphics for them. And this other person could help you with the marketing, you know, a little bit of trade offs here and there. So if you really want to dive into the business, you're not really spending so much money also. And then again, rely on the power of your community to spread your message. Because uh, don't don't think that 
people mostly, you know, entrepreneurship can be a lonely journey, but it doesn't have to be if you are willing and you, if you have the courage to ask for help. Yeah, I, I agree because, you know, I've been in that situation where I've been <clears throat> uh, in a situation where I've had like pennies in my pocket. And when you're in that situation, you're very ill-equipped to help other people, especially if your business, your passion is in helping others. If you're, if you're in the back of your mind, you're concerned about how you're going to pay your next bill, how you're going to um, put food on your table, how you're going to you know, feed yourself, your family, and uh, put petrol in your car, all of the rest of it, then you, your thought, when your thoughts and energy are tied up in that, you're not in a position to really give anyone the best of yourself. Exactly. I in parallel to doing all of this, I spent 20 years in IT. You know, uh, for me, I, I know it's a long, it was a long journey, but it was, I had to take that parallel route for me as well. Cause you know, uh, being a little bit naive, but also just not having any great support structure around me. I had to do it the only way that I knew how, and that was get a job, uh, earn some money, um, be trying to uh, live a bit independently and just live a little bit nice as well. Um, um, at the same time, build my business, my blog, my coaching, whatever it might be. Um, but I know that there was a period I went through where that money wasn't there. And, it, you know, I had been made redundant. And, you know, that period lasted for probably, I think, plus 18 months plus. Um, but it was one of the most stressful, difficult times of my life. And my health did suffer as well. So I do say to people the same thing that, look, if you can sustain yourself somehow, if you can begin on a part time basis, so at least you have some income to keep you going, a sustainable income. Then gradually you can build upon that. You know, it can it can happen slowly. Everyone wants to dive in there straight away. Of course, we all want to be an overnight success. Exactly. But let's face it, real success is never overnight and it takes time. And, you know, it's built over uh, a number of years. And, you know, if you can let go of that, that need to be, you know, that immediate almost success gratification almost, then, you know, gradually you'll get there slowly, but surely. Yeah. And so, uh, so digging a little bit deeper, I mean, you know, if you're, if you are one of these people who has no idea where to start, you, all you're doing, in fact, you know, in fact, I hear people say this time and time again, I have no idea what it is I want to do. I have no idea what my passion is. I haven't got a clue, you know, but they just know they're not happy where they are. Where do you start with someone like that? That's a great question. And I always start by telling them, <laughs> this might be counterintuitive to business, but I always ask them to start with the detox. And this detox would be social media detox, this detox would be TV detox, and this detox would also be an internal cleanse for the body. Because, um, you know, when you have all these parasites in your intestines, they, and they're sending signals to your brain, you are not able to make the right kind of decisions. Okay, go on a fast, go on a juice detox or a water detox or whatever is simple for you, maybe a fruit detox, you know, because we need to cleanse our intestines so that because more and more research, Amit, is coming these days that your brain health is actually your gut health. So it's the gut-brain connection, right? So once you have a clear gut, you will know exactly what you want to do because you'll have a clear brain at that point of time. Most of the big leaders, be it Steve Jobs, be it, uh, you know, um, our um, leaders like Mahatma Gandhi, Buddha, uh, 
or any of the big um, CEOs, they believe in fasting and they believe in cleansing, especially when they have to take a big financial decision on a business. They go on these detox because they know that, uh, again, it goes back to listening to your inner voices, right? They know that they won't be distracted with all the outside distractions. Plus, they won't be distracted by the parasites that are creating a havoc in your immune system and they will be able to make a right decision. And trust me, I have tried it. so that's the physical aspect of it. The not so physical or the spiritual aspect of it is your pineal gland, which is considered your third eye. It gets solidified because of the way we eat, the way we live, because of the environmental pollutants. And once we start cleansing, the pineal gland liquefies. Okay. And once this pineal gland liquefies, we are able to hear the messages from the other side. So basically, as you mentioned, you you are in direct communion with your higher self. You could call it God. You could call it whatever you want to call. But essentially, you are able to have that direct connection because of the liquefaction of the pineal gland. And you will know exactly what you want to do. So there is a whole process to this. And it's not something uh, that is voodoo or woo-woo. You know, it's all your mind, body, and soul being in sync. No, do you know what? You and I are so aligned. Like I, my my morning routine is I wake up at five in the morning. I, my first 15 minutes, as soon as I step out of bed is meditating. Because for me, the reason I do that first thing now, because when you wake up, obviously you are naturally a little bit uh, groggy, you know, you've just woken up. It's, you know, you're in a haze. So for me, it's actually the hardest time to meditate. If you ask me to meditate in the evening, I will meditate very simply, very easily. But to meditate in the mornings for me is more of a challenge. So it's the time that I want to conquer. And then um, then I you know, wake up, get ready. I go for an hour's worth of exercise, whether that's a run, a walk, strength training, uh, I will do that. And then my wife and I, we generally usually have dinner by about 7 p.m., 8 p.m. at a push. Yeah. Um, and we'll try and fast as, as much as we can all the way through to 12. It's not always practical with work. So usually it's maybe about 10 or 11. Um, and I've done my juice fasting as well. I did, I've done my maximum on juices 10 days and I've done 65 days on one meal a day um, because it does make a difference. Even just like, even if you can abstain from food for even just up to 24 hours, and that's not really a push. People get so worried. Oh my God, I'm going to get so hungry. I'm going to like, you know, I'm going to die with 24 hours. No, you are not. You've got plenty of storage in your body. And, and I say to people that um, when you fast, you, you, especially when you sort of hit that 20, 22, 24 hour mark, you, you know, the, the, the ketones that kick in your body, you're starting to release all this fat yes. cells and it's starting to really light up. And I say, I compare it to the film Limitless with Bradley Cooper. I say to people, it's like, uh-huh pill you start to go like whoa I'm on another level right Uh, and so I'm so you know in alignment with everything you said but I love I've never really thought about um, using that as the tool to find my purpose but that's a great way of putting it I love that because you know as Tony Robbins says right clarity is power and so when you're clear on what it is you want to do if uh, if you if you don't know then you're always going to be lost and thinking let me try this and see how that goes let me try this and see how that goes and you know you're going to be just lost in that phase that 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 haze that fog Um, but the first best thing you can do is get clarity and I, I love what you said that's so so true 
And it's so simple, actually, because then you do not have to go for an advice and spend thousands of dollars on business coaching and stuff. Of course, you do that. But clarity comes from within, you know, nobody, not, not even your parents or uh, your partner can tell you what you really want to do in life or should do in life, you know, because it's their message, not your message. Yes. Uh, absolutely right and probably they're the worst people to ask actually is it? <laughs> yes although it comes from a loving place it's more about what do they want and you know that's that's not always a, a good thing so we'll, we'll continue from there as well the next step so how how does then one say you know take the next step so you have some clarity you know we again you know again for most people the hardest part is the start taking that first step the second step because we can get so overwhelmed with the the big picture at the end that we're almost made afraid to make those first few baby steps so you know how do people overcome that how can they start down that road that journey and doing a way that you know maybe makes it a, a little bit less frightening and there's always going to be some fear i think but maybe yes. a little bit less frightening, uh, but with with that kind of prudent attitude, you know, uh, um, you know, the the feeling that I'm I've got this, I'm going to do this. Right, and again, you know, um, the biggest thing that I would think is uh, people should not get um, the the first thing that we need to do is really not compare ourselves with others, and uh, do not uh, really. Um, again, think about overnight success and start small. Of course, you cannot make $10,000 overnight if you're doing everything legally. But here in this day of uh, social media, you know, people really get worried about having the right kind of website, having the right kind of social media presence, having 1000 followers to begin with on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, you know, and you name it, like new social media platforms are coming out every day. So I would think, you know, if you really try to do that, you're chasing the right kind of dream or chasing the right kind of purpose. Start slow and um, reach out the reach out to the people that you know, possibly, okay, or uh, start, I, I know a lady and uh, all she has on her website is her contact information. If you need, uh, she also helps people with their business strategies and stuff like that. She's not very popular at all. She's not a Tony Robbins, but um, uh, she knows uh, what she's doing and she's really good at it. And all she has on her website is a simple contact form. If you need business consultation, uh, email this. And uh, I know she uh, gets clients, uh, you know, one client, high-end clients, 20K to 30K. And uh, she 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 doesn't she didn't invest so much in having a website or having you know all these uh, uh, things that are probably really um, for the outside world. She invested in herself. So invest in your skills because if you know what you are really talking about, even if you're passionate about it, there might be something that you could learn. So the biggest investment could be investing in really being the master of your art and then invest in relationships. I mean, you might not have a website, but you could actually be a part of certain groups. For example, your group, you know, be a part of certain groups where you can actually spread your message. You know, you could reach out to people and tell them, hey, this is what I do. 
if you have anybody, please let me know. Get some initial reviews, initial testimonials, even if it's from your friends and stuff, but obviously authentic, not false reviews and testimonials. And the two biggest things that I would suggest people is build that relationship, build that network, and then invest in your skills. That sounds like very good advice. But what happens when you try this and everyone around you, your family, your friends, no, don't do that. That's silly. Get a secure job. No, 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 you shouldn't do that. This <laughs> economy. No, no, no. Don't do that. That's not a good idea. You know, what do you, how do you handle the people who are going to, and it's inevitable it's going to happen, the objections, the, the people who think you're crazy. What do you do? Yes, yes. And I can totally resonate with that because I come from that. <laughs> Tell us a bit about your story as well in that respect, how it happened for you and what challenges you went through. So uh, luckily for me, it was not right. like, um, of course, if you have two master's degrees in engineering, you're doing a corporate job, you get like $100,000 in paycheck straight away. And here I was venturing into an unknown field as a business consultant as a health coach, not really being uh, the ideal image of a health coach, right? I mean, uh, uh, I'm not that thin, I'm not that lean, I'm not that tall, but we are, we, you know, still have some things to change about my lifestyle. So of course, I mean, you're not fit to be in that role, right? But one thing I knew was, uh, at the end of the day, I want to go to bed thinking that I did something for myself and go to bed happily and peacefully with the thought that, yes, this is what I really envisioned my life to be. And that is what kept me on track all the time. And again, Ahmed, going back to that inner voice, of course, all these outside noises will always be there, always be there. But if you have that faith and belief in yourself that, yes, you can make it, and you will make it, then uh, nothing will, nothing can deviate you from your path, actually. And um, with your friends and family, you can always tell them, usually, um, any startup takes about three years, the, you know, that's somehow a magic number that if a startup works within the first three years, it should work. So at least, you know, you have all the right to borrow or buy three years of your life or what you really want to do in life right yeah. so tell your friends and family like hey just give me three years and let me try it so that I do not regret it at the end of the day I, I the way I look at life is at least you know um, you should not regret give it a shot and most of the time, I feel that people would know if it is working or not working for them within the first six months. If you're really working towards it, trying to make the right kind of contacts, have uh, things in place, then you should actually know within the first six months to eight months if things will work for you or if you need to change uh, anything for that matter. Yeah, no, absolutely. It does. It is a it is a magic number, isn't it? The three years, I think. And um, uh, and you know, I agree with you as well on the idea that you know, I, I, for me, I would much rather be in a position to say at least I didn't do at least I did that than rather than say I wish I did that. Um, I would much rather be in that boat to know that I've given it a shot. 
um, because otherwise you just always end up wondering what you know what could have been what could I have exactly. done and you know and I think regret is more painful than rejection or you know any sort of failure form of failure so for me it's it's worth worth the dabble and diving in and seeing where it goes because you know what what the hell what the hell else are you going to do are you just going to be miserable for the rest of your life exactly. is anything going to change probably not and um so yeah so in my in my eyes I think you, you speak the absolute truth just go for it because otherwise you're going to succumb to that the regret syndrome that so many people I know as well feel because although it's never too late there's many people out there who do feel they perhaps it's perhaps it's too late right and for that reason they won't do it exactly I mean um I really actually started working for myself when I was um, in my 30s, right? Uh, right now I'm 40. So about, you know, my entrepreneurial journey has been around nine, uh, I would say eight or nine years now. Look it, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, so of course, I mean, if you ask people, then 30 is late for them, you know, they should have done something in their 20s right now kids as little as 12 and 11 and 13 are actually launching their businesses and YouTube channels and earning millions of dollars. So if you now compare yourself with those children, you were almost like, you know, in your 60s when you started the work. But, you know, uh, again, whether it be 30, 40 or in your 20s, at least do something because uh, then you will not have any regrets in your life. Of course, you do not want to <laughs> leave your family and friends and all that. But if you do things wisely, then obviously they will also support you and help you. Because I believe all of us at some level, all of us, you know, every single human being has this iota or had, has this dream like, you know, I wish I had done that when I was, you know, that age. And so most of the people actually get inspired when they look at this person who is following their dreams and living their passion, because they see that, you know, they had, because if the, the feeling that comes is, you know, if you can do this, if Amit and Parul can do this, then I can also do similar things. And that's why it's more of an inspiration at the end of the day, rather than, um, you know, feeling ashamed about it. Yeah, for you, is this was this your first incarnation of doing this, and you've kind of continued since then, or was it? Did it start as something else and gradually evolved into this? Uh, so basically, um, I was in a regular corporate job, obviously, you know, coming from an engineering, but then I uh, was. Uh, working in this corporate and I realized, you know, I, I became really overweight. I was not feeling the best of my health because, uh, you know, for my 4 p.m. slump, I would go for a coffee and a donut. <laughs> and, you know, I'd moved from U.S. I moved to U.S. from India. And I, I tell people I was living my American dream, guys. <laughs> so, anyway, but then I would also look at all these women and I'm like, hmm, I, when I grow 40 or when I grow 50, I don't envision myself like, uh, you know, sitting behind the cube and working and, you know, being in meetings. That was not just how I pictured my life, you know, 10 years from that point. And so 
um, I actually ventured into health and wellness because I wanted to learn more about how the body works, more about how I could lose weight, look better. But at the same time, what happened was my father, he had a massive heart attack. So I had to go back to India. I had to be with him. And whatever I learned in that, you know, I was probably in my nutrition program for only three weeks or something when uh, the incident happened with my father. But whatever I learned in that three weeks helped my father more than whatever I had learned in my entire life as an engineer. So I think that was the trigger point. And I realized, you know, I really want to do something that could create a difference in people's life. So I ventured into holistic nutrition. And um, um, I had my son. And after I had my son, um, I started juicing because I wanted to lose the baby weight, you know, the healthy way. And um, I started blogging about it the, just to be accountable to myself. Uh, at that point, I had no following, nothing like that. You know, I was just, I, I, I say, you know, working from my kitchen counter, uh, taking care of my baby, being happy, enjoying my life as a mom. But and I started blogging and this blog became popular out of nowhere. See, so, you know, if you really are actually working towards your passion, luck also favors you. <laughs> Okay, so this, this blog became famous and I started call, call, getting calls from uh, people in uh, different recreation centers, different holistic um, centers, uh, asking me to offer these uh, juicing workshops to their clients and patrons, essentially. So I started offering these juicing workshops and uh, uh, the people in the workshop would ask me if I have a book or uh, additional handout or recipes that I could give to them after I am done with the workshop. So I had no book or I had not uh, written any handout or such. So I said, okay, I might as well write a small handout. But once I started writing, I kept writing, I kept writing and it became a book, a 150 page book with 52 recipes. And again, now that burnt out thing comes into place because I, one time I was so deep into it that I started writing on Friday evening and I didn't get out of my desk till Sunday afternoon. I kept writing. I don't know when I passed out on my desk, probably slept on my desk while writing, kept writing all the time. And uh, by Sunday I was done. So I finished this book and... Um, then I had this book and I'm like, okay, now I have this book, what to do with it? You know, so I learned how to publish and market a book. Of course, I had people who helped me, but I'm like, okay, you know, but I, I really want to make something out of it. I really need to take things in my own hand and need to learn how we can actually do things correctly. So I published this book and marketed this book. And then of course it received a lot of uh, visibility and it became a bestseller in a lot of categories and countries, which, which is more to do with the algorithm as you would know. But again, you know, then people started noticing, see how come this woman who was nowhere to be seen, all of her became, <laughs> you know, sort of a celebrity and uh, such a big name in the juicing uh, world. And then I'm like, okay, I didn't do anything. I just learned the process and I just, you know, followed the process. And this is what I did. And then people started asking me about the book 
uh, how to write a book, how to publish and market it. And that's when um, I dive deeper into book publishing. And uh, that is what I do as a major part of my business right now. Uh, so everything, flew, you know, I just followed my calling, uh, for lack of better term, rather than, you know, pushing myself against anything, I let destiny pull me towards itself. So I just followed the path. But what I did, I really made sure that I knew what I was doing, you know, just perfecting my skills. And then again, you know, eating clean so that I have the clarity of what I really want to do. Wow, what a journey. I love that. <laughs> but my first business was as a professional magician. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 this is probably one of the reasons why I dropped out of school because I got so into magic. I just lost interest in education. There was a number of reasons, but that was one of them. And uh, I'd skip school and just go um, uh, to magic shops and buy magic tricks and learn how to do them. And then eventually I started performing and performing on stage. And But it wasn't the magic that I loved, although I still do it as a tiny, tiny bit of a hobby, not much, not much. But I just like, it was being on stage, inspiring people, you know, that that mystery, creating that mystery, that storytelling, yeah. that is what I love doing. And uh, so that that's how that all came about. So that was the first guise of my business. But um, the coaching had always been there. It's been there for 28 years. But um uh, but yeah, so that that's how it started for me. So, but I love I love I love your journey as well, and I, I love the fact that uh, you know you you weren't an expert, you just did it, mm-hmm. and and like you said, right? Sometimes it's just a question of following the process. You didn't try and reinvent the wheel. You just looked at a manual, how to publish a book. You did it, and there you go. That's it done, right? And you know, sometimes we make things so much more complicated than they need to be. Exactly, exactly. And uh, you don't have to be things don't have to be that complicated, you know. And again, uh, the way I look at it, yes, when initially when I started, of course, I was doing a lot of things on my own. But now I have a team. So now not only I work for myself, but I'm also able to help these people earn employment, right? If I hire uh, an editor or a formatter or a cover designer, these people are also earning um, because of the work that I'm doing. So now it has expanded into a level where I am able to help other people even monetarily. So again, you know, only if you have a full hand, then only you can give, right? You cannot give somebody from an empty hand. And therefore, rather than, you know, really being so hellbound that you have to just be or stuck with something that was meant to be be open you know let the universe surprise you you know enjoy the magic in life I mean you would know this being a magician because life is magical if you really let it lead you Uh, absolutely 100 percent 100 percent well, it's been a really enjoyable conversation. I really, really thoroughly enjoyed getting to know you better, your journey, your story, and what you do, and you, what your what your beliefs are, and how you help people. And um, you know, going back to what you said earlier about what a coach said to you about your gravestone, and I think um, I, I would probably ask something similar to that is, which is, you know, what is what is the legacy that you want to leave behind when when people remember you after you've gone? What do you want them to say about you? You know, I I think um, 
I really have thought about this and the answer that always keeps coming out back to me is at least, you know, if I can make one person smile and when people think about me, they feel happy and uh, they are able to smile, that would be my legacy to the world because I think in, especially in today's time, happiness is the most precious, valuable gift that you could give to somebody. Yeah, absolutely. So what, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you? How can they connect with you? Where can they find you? How can they find out more about you as well? I am on social media by author Parul. It's P-A-R-U-L. And my website is parulagarwal.com. So, and, uh, you know, I often write for Forbes entrepreneurs. So if they just search for my name, they should see my articles. Beautiful, wonderful. Well, it's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, and no doubt, I'm sure I will get you on again in the future as well. Thank you so much, Amit. It was lovely speaking with you. I really loved our conversation because it was very different and philosophical, and not so businessy. Oh yeah, this, this is my this is my passion. So this is why I tend to go down that track. So so you know, like I said, it's been an absolute pleasure, and hopefully, we'll definitely not even hopefully, we will have you. I will have you back again. And um, to all, to everyone out there watching this, who, who watches this as a replay or listens to the podcast, definitely connect with Beryl and uh, reach out to her as well. You know, if you need someone, uh, a guide or a mentor in that space, then you found someone there for you to help you on your journey. Thank you. And likewise, you know. <laughs> and so. next time you come to London, you have a friend here now as well. I would love to. I would love to. Yes. We were planning last yeah. year, but uh, things didn't turn out. So hopefully next year. <laughs> oh, lovely. Well, definitely hopefully next year as well. So, well, thank you again. God bless you. And uh, thank you for all your wisdom and your time. And we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you, Amit. And you have a good evening. So, uh, stay with me. I'm going to end the live. And...